There's a lot of talk of darkness, a lot of talk of gloom, a talk of land of gloom, living in the land of gloom. And no, I'm not saying that because there's talk of that because it's this time of year in the Midwest and it's a lot of gloom these days. But of course, our readings was all talking about darkness and gloom. And with that, we want to look at Jesus's disposition toward the land of gloom. What should our disposition be toward the land of gloom? And thirdly, entering the cave. So first, Jesus's disposition toward the land of gloom. This weekend, we hear the gospel start off. We're, we're beginning all this year. We're in we're hearing and walking through Matthew's gospel. And it starts this weekend. And where it starts is we hear that Jesus just finds out that John the Baptist was arrested. And upon hearing that, Jesus goes up to Galilee. This marks the beginning of his ministry. And more specifically, in chapter 4 here, we learn that he heads up, as he heads up in Galilee, he spent some time in Nazareth, and the text says, he left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. Zebulun and Naphtali. Most of us hear those two words and we're like, okay, that's nice, let's move on. But we don't, a lot could be said about those words. Let's just say this. To know that way back in Israel's history, there was a time when the Assyrian army came and the 12 tribes or the 10 northern tribes, the Assyrian army sacked them, decimated them, left them in pieces. And the first two tribes of those 10 tribes, the first two tribes to head off in exile was the tribe of Zebulun and the tribe of Naphtali. They were the first two tribes that, that dwelt in the land of gloom. That, 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 that sat in darkness. And so what's happening here is as Jesus starts his ministry, where does he go? What does Matthew stress? He goes straight to the darkest spot. He goes straight to the land of gloom. And not only does he go there, he settles there. It, he, he sets up camp there. It's where he sets up his headquarters. Other places in the gospel after he was traveling around a little bit actually says that it's the spot that he, he's, he's begun to call home. And why? Because Jesus always goes to the darkness. Because he's interested in those who sit in it. Jesus always goes into the land of gloom because he wants those who sit in it and live in it. He's attracted to darkness. He's attracted to it because he's got the power to overcome it and liberate those who sit in it. Listen to the text here. The text says, with Jesus' arrival, those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light is shown. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. Those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, a light has arisen. Jesus' disposition is always toward the land of gloom. And so with that as the backdrop, the question for you and I this morning is this, what is the land, what is the land of gloom in your heart this morning? What's the land of gloom in my heart? What are the areas perhaps that are dark, that we, that, that 
areas in our heart that sit in darkness? What are the, what are the spots in our hearts that maybe that's, that's the spot of land of gloom? And the, and, and the other question is, what's our disposition towards those spots? Because Jesus goes towards the land of bloom. He goes towards those spots. And because he does, we must. But as we looked at last week, right, in the Lion King and Simba, as he is led to the water and he looks into, his re, he looks into the, 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 the pond and the reflection, he sees himself. And what does he do? He turns away. And the prophet character, character Holy Spirit character, Rafiki, says, no, no, look harder. Look again. Because often the thing we most want to find is found in the spot that we least want to look. And so we need to look harder. We need to look deeper and go deeper into the land of gloom to go deeper in that darker spot. And what we'll find when we look deep enough and long enough in it, what we'll find is we'll find light. Why? Because Jesus already went to the spot. He set up camp there already. Because of the crucifixion, he went to the deepest, darkest spot and he overcame it. He liberated the darkness. He overcame the power and the dominion of sin and darkness. So what's that spot? What's maybe, what's maybe the land of Zebulun in our heart? What's, this, what's, what's, the, what's the land of Naphtali in our heart here this morning? And what's your disposition toward it? Engage the land of gloom. Engage those areas in our heart. And we think, well, like my, like my land of Nephtali, my, my land of, of Zebulun, like that's like that dark spot or, or that struggle or that sin, surely he's not there. He's there because that's where he goes. Not only is there, it's where he's set up camp. We just got to go there because he's frees, he liberates, he overthrows the gloom caused by sin. That's caused by wounds and caused by harm, which brings us thirdly here, entering into the cave. Our gospel closes, as we heard Deacon Mike proclaim, the gospel closes the beautiful account of Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee as he's up there and he calls those two sets of brothers, those two sets of fishermen, and he calls them to leave their nets and to follow him. Tells them that they're gonna be fishers of men now. What is Jesus doing as he sets up camp? What is he doing as he settles in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali? He's inviting others into his work of bringing and going into the land of gloom. He's inviting others in to go to those who sit in darkness. A Couple weeks ago, if you were here on Christmas, if you were in town, you remember that I used the image of those 12 boys in northern Thailand on the soccer team, and they were exploring inside a cave, and they got really deep into the cave, two and a half miles into the cave. And as they were in there, they got lost. And when they, and when they were in there, that deep flash flooding occurred, and they were brought up, and they were lost. No one could find them. They didn't know where they were until a pair of British divers went in, and finally, after nine days of looking, found them, the 12 boys, huddled up at the edge of a cliff inside the cave, running out of oxygen in pitch black darkness and scared. And as they were running out of time of how to figure out how to get these boys out, running out of options, finally, after close to three weeks, 
they sent the Navy SEALs in. And the Navy SEALs, one by one, tethered the boys up, hooked them up, hooked up oxygen, and brought the boys one by one, two and a half miles from the cave, took hours each trip, navigating dangerous rocks, completely submerged underwater. Why did they do it? Why'd they sacrifice their lives? Simply because there were those in need of being rescued. That's why. And after spending those days in that pitch black darkness, when those boys got out of the cave, the reporters reported on the fact that when those boys got out, the boys had to wear sunglasses because their eyes, for their eyes to adjust to the light. Today, perhaps more than ever before, it's easy to get trapped. It's easy to get stuck. It's easy to feel, for us to feel like we're up inside of a cave, head on the edge of a cliff, that type of darkness, that deep within a cave is a real spot. And some of us might be in that spot here this morning, but if we're not in that spot, to be sure we know a plethora of people who are in that spot. We know a plethora of people and some of us, it, 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 the people that we know, it's, it's, it's closer to home than we would like. Do they know that as they're sitting in darkness in the land of gloom, and the spot that that is, that he's already there. He's not only is he there, he's, he's settled there and he's, he's set up camp. It's his headquarters there to welcome them into communion, to, to pump love into the, and hope into their heart because that's who he is and that's what he does. That's why he came. But as we looked at last week, it's easy to forget who we are. It's easy to forget we, who we are. It's easy for us to forget that we're sons and daughters of the one true king. And because it's easy for us to forget who we are, that we're sons and daughters of the one true king, it's easy to slip. And it's easy maybe to wander so far in the cave that all of a sudden we're two and a half miles in and it's dark. And what seemed as a fun adventure, maybe at the time, now all of a sudden the waters come up and we're on the edge of the cliff and there's no way to get out. But there he is in the land of gloom, always, already there, settled. And so just as he did 2,000 years ago, so do today, he calls us to be fishers of men. Or if you will, he calls us to be Navy SEALs, to go into the cave, to maybe even help others get tethered up to him, who is life and hope itself. This week we begin the rescue project and unlike the previous weeks, we're not inviting others to register because it's sold out. We're not sold out, we're not selling anything, but uh, registered out with 120 people who've said, okay, let's go, let's do this. There'll be other opportunities that will continue to run rescue project here in the, in, in, in the foreseeable future. But Jesus' dis is, Jesus's disposition is always toward the land of gloom. It's where he sets up camp in our hearts. What is your disposition toward the lane of gloom? Go there. Don't go there alone. Go there with him who overcame the darkness, who liberated it so that we can be set free. Enter the cave, enter the lane of gloom. And what you'll discover is that light itself is already there.